Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Hello, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I'm doing great. I hope you've been enjoying the beautiful sunshine the last couple of days. I surely have, Anna. Thank you. It certainly makes a difference, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Well, in our earlier episodes, we talked about the ABCs of thinking, how our past experiences lay the groundwork for thought patterns and the emotional reactivity that they cause. I thought it was time to revisit that theme and expand on it a little bit. What do you think? I think that's a great idea, Anna. You know, that conversation that we had earlier about thinking really highlighted our autopilot thinking. And that's rooted in our accumulative history, all those beliefs and values, the socialization, the conditioning that really laid the foundation and began in the first four years of life. Yes, and we refer to this as our backstory. Yes, because it's a story that was created and continues to be the, the result of that early training. It still plays out in our everyday lives. You know, it, it started within our families, the schools that we attended, the churches that we attended, the neighborhoods we lived in. We framed it as our backstory because it really becomes the lenses through which we view and, and interpret ourselves and, and the world really at large. This is often referred to as our mindset. You know, this is the sum of all of those beliefs and opinions and thoughts regarding ourselves and others, you know, and the, and the, also the inclusion of, of the world as well. And this impacts our perceptions and also eventually our reactions. So it's so habitual that most of us don't even recognize it. You know, we take it as who we are and we also take it as being right. So it becomes our identity and how we perceive ourselves and everything that we come in contact with. Yes, and I'm not hearing this as a criticism or anything that is necessarily wrong with it, right? No, oh no, we're not judging here. You know, there's no judgment or criticism involved. We're merely pointing out that there's a dynamic process starting early in life that creates patterns that affect us throughout our lives, affects the quality of our lives. And that by understanding it and understanding how it operates, we can modify it or change it if we choose to. So these thought patterns can really determine the quality of our lives. Well, that's exactly right. You know, and and let's think about the so-called, you know, quality of life as being the combination of all of our perceptions, our thinking, our mindset, and then how our reactions and our behaviors play out from that, you know, is our perception or this mindset, which involves the interpretation of life, life as it is happening, life as it is unfolding. You know, this is the main ingredient for how we're going to feel and also how we're going to behave. And yet most people tend to project it onto others, you know, kind of blame others, other people or other situations, something outside themselves. But it really is what's happening dynamically within ourselves. You know, and and what we focus on really becomes more uh, pronounced, really kind of bigger in our lives, you know, and it begins to feel like fact. And research suggests that we have about 60,000 thoughts per day. Imagine that, 60,000. And what I find so interesting is about 70% of those thoughts are the same thoughts as we had yesterday. Isn't that interesting? That is incredible. It really (laughs) is. So we constantly replay the same thoughts, correct? So no wonder they seem like facts. Well, exactly. 
So the things that we think and the things that we say and do become habits, which really sets the course of our lives, kind of the, the character and the flavor of our lives. And while we do have control over our thinking, you know, really more than we realize, you know, as I said before, you know, it's our thoughts and our mindsets operate below awareness. So sometimes we don't recognize it, we don't investigate it, much less challenge it. Which again points to the need to cultivate those awareness skills that we've reviewed so often. Um, that is, if you want to change how we think or feel about your life, you know, our well, yeah. lives, I should say. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, that the present moment awareness is what allows us to recognize what we're doing while we're doing it, you know, and, and often we can begin to understand why we're doing it. You know, it, it sometimes brings us out of that, the blindness of habitual responding. You know, because by, by staying in the, the blind habits, we continue to reinforce those habits and, and they evolve into this really, it's, it's almost like a, a selective filter that pulls us toward beliefs and behaviors that match the habits, that match the habitual thinking, that match the, you know, habitual um, behavior patterns. You know, the brain really provides a neural support system for this kind of filtering and the brain prefers to have things that are similar and familiar even when the familiar isn't necessarily helpful or constructive this is so interesting i should have guessed that the brain would be in on it <laughs> well yes the brain has a very selective activation and inhibition filtering system you know and it is primed by our beliefs and those conditioned habits to look for things that are familiar, you know, people, situation, ideas that we recognize, or that I should say the brain recognizes, you know, and it shuts down competing neural networks that really, uh, you know, might see it differently. So we have a hard time taking in contrary evidence to our beliefs, unless of course, we're really looking to challenge those beliefs. So someone with a negative take on life is going to have a negative worldview, no matter what positive evidence to the contrary that they may come across, correct? Well, that's right. Our worldview is woven into um, what I like to refer to as a subjective truth. You know, it's my truth. You know, we create our version of truth and we stick by it. And this becomes our sense of identity, our self-concept and the mindset. So we're actually writing a story based on what we believe to be true and, and created from those beliefs and from those habits. And this also sets up expectations, you know, so we, we really act according to these expectations. And by doing that, we create these ongoing experiences that very often reinforce it. You know, this is also uh, can set up what we, we sometimes refer to as a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, I'm acting according to my beliefs and I'm getting the results that I expect. So I believe or think something's going to happen in a certain way and my actions make that a reality. Yes, yes. And we actually create the direction and the quality of our lives because of this. There's really nothing too magical about it. It's how our brain and the neural system tend to operate, you know, so thinking creates our perception, our mindset, and we behave accordingly. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. And to know this in the moment is 
truly what it is to be aware. And it's only with this present moment awareness that we can really opt for a conscious choice to do things differently. Otherwise, we're operating as victims of habit, really stuck in kind of the same old, same old. Yeah, this is so important. And if, and if we understand this process, we can make it work for us. You know, Dr. Jane, we've talked so often about knowing what we have control over and what is outside of our control. Well, you know, one way to look at this, Anna, is that situations show up in our lives and there are really three main ways to determine appropriate action. You know, we can assess that either we have no control over the situation or maybe we're able to exert some amount of influence you know, or it might be that we have total control in a situation, you know, by using various means. So clearly, there are always those things totally outside of our control. This is when things show up in life that blindside us. Could be accidents, illness, um, the pandemic, certainly, you know, deaths. These are random events, you know, and our, even our thoughts can sometimes be out of our control. You know, there's sometimes those thoughts that just kind of show up spontaneously. It's like out of nowhere. Where did that come from? You know, and in these moments, it's how we respond next that we have control, not with what comes up spontaneously, you know? So we might be able to control by seeing opportunities that, you know, kind of show up out of this muck and mire. But again, there are those situations that we really have no control over. But then there are also situations that we can influence the outcome, you know, and, and we can influence with um, specific actions that we take. You know, others may respond and we don't have any control over their response. However, sometimes our behaviors can influence them, you know, some of the time. And then there are those situations where we do have full control. These are situations that are determined by our perceptions, by our thinking, by that mindset. You know, how we think about a situation or interpret an event, you know, that really has everything to do with how we're going to operate in our behavior. So it all starts with our thinking. You know, it all starts with with what I'm what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, how I'm reacting. Nobody else chooses our thoughts. However, as I said, many of us are unaware of our thinking. So we're more likely to repeat certain behaviors because we're just not putting together how responsible we are for it. You know, and this creates those cognitive lenses that perpetuate old behaviors, old mindsets. And the, the thing is, is that then the brain and the mindset is always looking for evidence to justify it. Evidence, you know, looking for old beliefs and old habits to support it. Yes, this makes total sense. You know, can, let's talk about our options to shift thinking, you know, shift the mindset and impact the quality of life. Well, Anna, there are some very, very straightforward tools. You know, and I'll, I'll say a little bit more, but the, the list would look like, you know, mindfulness, certainly positive affirmations, limiting our negative um, influencers, you know, the things, the negative things that we consume, certainly energy practices, reframing, and we'll, I'll get into that in just a minute, and also recognizing and changing that mindset. Well, I'm glad to hear that there are so many options. Well, there are. The thing is, is that we have to be aware in the moment. And this is where the mindfulness comes in. You know, it, it's that present moment. 
you know, that, that makes the difference because it's not just knowing that I do that behavior, but it's knowing, knowing it as it's happening that I can really step in and intervene. And this requires focused attention. You know, this is the way that we become consciously aware of thoughts and feelings rather than operating in that autopilot, that autopilot thinking. We begin to see the thoughts aren't facts. They're just mental events. And this takes us out of that default position and offers us this window of opportunity between our thought and the action. And in that space, we can make a conscious choice for a better future by doing something different. But it takes operating in that present moment now, that window of now. So that's the mindfulness. And then we can also use positive affirmations. And these are statements that we say about ourselves and what we want, and we express them with positive terms. So we're really kind of putting them in a, in a positive uh, statement. And it has to be in present time. It's not that it's going to happen sometime in the future, or it happened in the past, it's happening right now. And we also want to add a sense of our gratitude that it is happening. It's kind of that leap in faith that it is happening, that I have the potential and it's playing out in this moment. So rather than saying, I want to feel better, I might say, I feel healthy and strong. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And then the other tool that we can use is limiting the negative influences in our lives. You know, those things that we consume that feed the negativity or feed us staying in old behavior that maybe isn't working for us. You know, things like um, TV, you know, the news, social media, those all can be negative influences. You know, what we read sometimes can be a negative influence. And certainly being around negative people, you know, we take a hit from that, that kind of energy around us. And speaking of energy, we also have the energy practices that we've de demonstrated on our videos that are extremely helpful in moving out of negative thinking because they strengthen and balance the energy matrix. So when we're in a negative mood, one of the things that happens, it's almost like any negativity in the field, you know, any negativity that we tend to come up against, you know, it, it's like it sticks to us like we're made of Velcro, you know? And when we practice the daily routine, or we do the tapping sequences regularly, we can shift our field. And I, I sometimes think of it as shifting from Velcro to Teflon so that negativity can come my way, but it kind of slides right off me. I can, I can have that sense of this has nothing to do with me. So if we maintain an energy practice, we are more likely to be defended against the negativity that can show up anywhere from anyone. That's exactly right. That's, the, that's really the point. You know, and another tool uh, when it comes to shifting out of negative thoughts and mindsets is what we call reframing. And this is a, a tool that comes out of cognitive therapy. And it's considered uh, cognitive restructuring or changing our thinking. And it's a tried and true method. It really generates a paradigm shift from within. So we're looking to replace old perceptions with new interpretations, new meanings by changing our thinking patterns. So it requires that we observe our thoughts as they're happening, you know, as we do in the mindful practices, and then we discern what is fact and what is fiction, or what is acceptable and what do I want to change? You know, and in this way, we can step out of the drama, we can step out of the reactivity and determine what does this situation 
really offer? What do I need to have happen? And that's where we begin to reframe our thoughts to match the better outcome or the opportunity. Yeah, this is the glass is half empty versus the glass is half full. Either way, whatever I say or feel makes it true. That's right. That's right. Because we're creating our life according to what we think and how we feel. So changing that really changes the outcome, changes our life. And lastly, you know, the last tool that we can use is actually focusing on changing our mindset. And this often takes longer and we have to be more persistent. You know, unlike changing an attitude, attitudes tend to be, you know, have more of a short-term impact. And so therefore they can be easier to, to modify. But with mindsets, they're deeply ingrained in our beliefs. So extra effort is really needed to make these kinds of shifts. These mindsets predetermine our interpretation and our responses in relationship to ourselves and the world. There's a, a, a woman by the name of Carol Dweck who wrote a great book. Uh, it's called Mindset. And in it, she talks about a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. You know, the fixed is more rigid and the mind, the growth mindset tends to be more malleable, more open to opportunity and possibilities. Um, the growth mindset really looks at mistakes not as something negative, but as something to grow from. You know, the growth mindset says, why not me? You know, I can do it. What are some examples, Dr. Jane? Well, the, the, the mindsets tend to be the, the rigid mindsets are the ones that we really need to focus on because those will be the ones that we can identify within ourselves. And it's things like black and white thinking, you know, being either right or wrong. There's no in between, you know, uh, uh, thinking in terms of I'm either a victim or I'm accountable. I'm either smart or I'm dumb. I'm either proactive or I'm reactive. I either avoid, you know, reality or I face reality. So the, the fixed mindset tends to be more of that rigid end. And the growth mindset tends to be more of that kind of open, being responsible, really knowing that I am, I am in control of my life and my thinking and being willing to play it out accordingly. You know, the key is to acknowledge whether our current mindsets really fit with our best and highest selves. You know, in order to do this, it's that growth mindset that allows us to move into becoming more aware, particularly aware in that present moment awareness, avoiding judgment, avoiding that personal criticism that can shut us down, and looking to really reflect on our beliefs and, and kind of seeing the transparency, seeing the, that these are things that are created. They're not necessarily facts. And in doing this, it's defining our purpose in life, which we've talked about, purpose and meaning, and choosing to create a mindset that fits that best version of ourselves. And along with this, creating positive thoughts, you know, positive affirmations that really kind of move us in that growth direction. And sometimes we, we have to kind of fake it till we make it. You know, we have to try on new behavior and act as if and really be open to how does this feel? How does this feel to be positive and open and looking for the possibilities and the opportunities? Well, this all sounds really great. And I really believe that after this conversation, we can all be on our way to shifting our mindset and changing our lives. Great information, Dr. Jane. Thank you, Thank Anna. You. Thank you. Until our next conversation.
Thanks, Anna. <laughs>